many years ago, I stepped onto the campus of a sister Nazarene school, and I said, I'm looking for the best of the best, somebody, somebody that can help me with our cause, uh, especially with regards to issues around children at risk. And uh, I talked to many people on campus, and they all said, well, you need to talk to Stephen Gualberto. So Stephen Gualberto is here with us today. It's been my privilege to know him for almost a couple of decades now. And Stephen is uh, one of the best. He has served the church in many different capacities as pastor. He has been a regional child development co coordinator for the Asia Pacific region. He served as the global child development coordinator for Nazarene Compassionate Ministries uh, and became an expert working with children at risk in the context of the church, uh, both inside and outside the Church of the Nazarene. Today he serves as the field strategy coordinator for the Philippines and Micronesia for the Church of the Nazarene, where he serves uh, over 30,000 Nazarenes and hundreds of churches in that area. He is a blessing to Lynn and I, and I want you to hear especially today, listen as he speaks to us. Here we are at college, and we're dreaming about what's the next step. How many people are graduating in a couple of weeks? All those hopeful hands, right? Some of us are called to preach the good news. Some of us are called to reach out to those in the margins and offer a helping hand. And some of us are called to address the structures of this world that push people to the margins. And so, especially this morning, as we listen to Steve, I want for pre-law majors, and I want for uh, children workers, and I want for social workers to pay attention, because you may find yourself asking the question, what can I do about the difficult problems that Steve is going to talk to us about? It's not an easy topic that he's bringing to us, but it's real world, and it's where the church should be. So it's my great pleasure to introduce Reverend Stephen Gualberto. Well, thank you, Larry. I became uh, more nervous about that <laughs> because of that introduction, but uh, it's really a joy uh, to be here on your wonderful, beautiful campus at the Eastern Nazarene uh, College, and thank you for uh, having me here. And uh, also, thank you for the warm uh, welcome and the hospitality even in the midst of the cold weather. You know, in the Philippines, we have only three kinds of weather, hot, hotter, and hottest. And um, I, want, I really enjoy uh, the, the cool weather here, and uh, uh, while I can, uh, because on Saturday I'll be back to Manila, and uh, we'll be we will be in the mid of the very hot uh, part of the part of the year. So it is an honor to stand before you today uh, to share with you about what God is doing through uh, the Church of the Nazarene and Nazarene Compassionate Ministries uh, in the Philippines and even also in the Micronesia area. And um, standing here before you is indeed a humbling experience uh, for me. You know. Uh, I came from, uh, came from the Philippines. I have here, I think, a picture of uh, the Philippines, some picture of the Philippines. There you are. Uh, a country of uh, 7,102 islands 
and we have more islands if it is low tide. And uh, beautiful mountains, many white uh, beaches, a country of huge shopping malls everywhere, busy and crowded cities with so much traffic issues. And I'm sure that uh, those who came uh, last year, uh, part of the fusion uh, trip, uh, they have experienced uh, a, lot of, a lot of this. Well, they said that it is more fun uh, in, the, uh, in the Philippines. Well, we have the double-decker. Uh, hitching ride uh, in the Philippines. You know, traffic aid, dress in Santa Claus uh, costume uh, during, uh, during Christmas. You know, change of address, this is how we change our address. Uh, public transportation. White Christmas, you have white Christmas here. We have our, oh, these are the mountain bikes uh, in the Philippines. Uh, Next picture. All right. We have, uh, we celebrate uh, Christmas uh, in the Philippines for more than three months because once the Burr month starts, like September, October, November, or December, or uh, almost five months, we start to celebrate Christmas. And you will hear Christmas songs being played uh, on the radio and the malls uh, once September 1, uh, you know, uh, begins. And we have White Christmas uh, as well. So, uh, typhoon season and flooding cannot uh, stop a, a wedding uh, in the Philippines. And, uh, of course, typhoon season is also time for jet ski on flooded street in uh, Metro Manila. And uh, we love to play basketball, and even typhoon cannot stop us from playing basketball uh, on the street. And you have Yoda on Star Wars. We have our own version of Yoda. That's why they said it's, it's more fun in the Philippines. That's the smallest uh, pri, uh, primate uh, in the world. Uh, it's called Tarshir. You know, but even in, but in the midst of this, so much fun in the Philippines is the reality that injustice is happening. It marginalized people. There is poverty everywhere, and it is real. Poverty is real. And the most vulnerable and affected are the children. You know, there is a story found in uh, the book of First Kings, uh, chapter 17 in the Old Testament. This is a story of prophet Elijah during the time of famine and during the time of King Ahab. There are so many exciting things that I notice in this uh, story of, uh, in First Kings, chapter 17. But let me just uh, name at least uh, three things. Well, first, it is interesting to see that God uses raven, you know, from, uh, from verses 4 to 6 of that uh, chapter uh, to feed Elijah. Ravens are considered dirty animals in the Old Testament. God instructed them not to eat nor touch this kind of animal. And what do ravens eat? They eat carcasses of dead and decaying animals which make them dirty. I do not know where the ravens got the bread and meat to feed Elijah. But what is important is, because the Bible says, day and night, God is sending this raven uh, to give meat and bread to Elijah. So I don't know where they're getting all those bread and meat. But what is important is God provided for his servant to Elijah. God used even the sinners, the outcasts, and the neglected of the society 
even the poorest of the poor, to be channel of His blessings for His people, for His servants. Second thing I notice is that when drought and famine struck, God instructed Elijah to go to a widow. Verses 8 and 10 says there, God told uh, uh, Elijah, go and you will find a widow and a son and, and her son. During the Old Testament time and even the time of Jesus, women have almost no rights and privileges in the society. How much more a widow? They could not own nor manage a property even, even of their late husband. So there is no such thing as conjugal property you know, during, that, uh, during that time. Women cannot work. They live in the mercy of other people. Therefore, widows are considered poorest of the poor, and they are also least served. And in fact, when Elijah approached this widow, he said, uh, she said, that, uh, why are you coming to me? We, are, we all, all, only have a handful of flour, and uh, after that, we are ready to die because of the famine. Why did God instruct Elijah to go to a widow to be fed, yet who was already starving to death and ready to die because of the lack of food? You know, he could, he could have said, God could have sent Elijah to go to a rich man with lots of food. He can go to the owner of Chipotle and enjoy, you know, burrito and everything. But God chose the weak to show his power. He chose the poor to show his richness. He chose those who are lacking and meek to show his blessings. He chose the ordinary to accomplish extraordinary things. Trust in the Lord with all your hearts, the Bible says. He will provide for you. Do not also exclude yourself from being used by God. He can use you no matter what your circumstances is. In 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 15 to 16, she went away and did as Elijah told her. This is the widow. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Amen? Wow, what, what a wonderful God we serve. But there was a problem, a tragedy. I think this story is all about, uh, you know, uh, suspense. It's all about thriller. But it's also about tragedy. After three years, because according to some Bible scholars, the famine lasted for three years. So after three years, perhaps the son of the widow got ill and eventually he died. Verse 17 of that chapter. I am sure that the widow is hopeful because of her son. You know, he can take care of her. He can pay for their loan if they owe some money from someone. You know, uh, the son can work and provide for this, uh, for this widow. He will protect her and he will uphold her. But how devastated she was when her son died. And, you know, during those times, serious illness or disease were also associated with sin. That is why this woman is so hopeless and helpless. He was frustrated. She was angry. And she confronted Elijah. And she said, what do you have against me, man of God? 
Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? You know, children are, are dying today. They die of pollution that we adults have created. We abuse the environment, and children suffered of that. They are the most vulnerable when disaster happens. Many children around the world do not have access to basic health services. Many children die of preventable diseases in spite of modern-day vaccines and medicines. Children also are dying morally. They kill and being killed. They rape and being raped. They are into drug addiction. They steal. They do evil things. They live in sin and lose their dignity and even their integrity. Children are dying also emotionally. They are abused verbally. They are taught to do evil things and even lose their sympathy. Children are dying spiritually. They are lost and have gone astray. They do not know what the Lord, about the Lord, about Jesus. Satan is stealing their joy from them. The enemy is killing their hope. The enemy is destroying this generation. I would like to show you a video, but before I show that, I would like to ask Lynn uh, to come and uh, give us uh, some advice about uh, watching this, uh, watching this video. Just wanted to, um, to give you a heads up. A few weeks ago, uh, Dan Mackett was here from IJM. And some of the content that he shared was disturbing to some of the people in our community. And um, so what we're about to watch could also be disturbing for some of you in the room. And so if whatever you need to do in this moment um, to protect yourself, I want you to feel free to do that now before we begin. Okay. Thank you, Lynn. Let's, let's show this video. Superman has the best job ever. He gets to fight crime. I want to be like Superman and protect my sister from the bad guys. She's my best friend. Mom says if I work hard enough, Someday my dreams will come true. I tell Gabby she is safe when I put my cake on her. Nothing can hurt her then. I tell her to think of birds. They are free and can fly away. 
wonder if one day I can grow wings like a bird and fly. Maybe as fast as Superman. Maybe one day me and Gabby can race him. If I ever meet Superman. want to ask him one question. Did he ever have to hurt the ones he loved the most? Tell me that I would make a good sidekick and that Superman would want me to fight crime with him because they say even Superman needs a little help sometimes. The whole Philippines is facing a huge issue of another form of human trafficking or trafficking in person. And that affects mainly the children. And that is cyber trafficking or the online sexual exploitation of uh, children. I would like to show you a, sh a picture of the bedroom. That video that uh, you have seen is a, a true story. And here's... Uh, part of the story, one evening in 2017, that was just last year, Philippine police raided an ordinary-looking home in one of the squatter areas of Metro Manila. It was just before midnight and darkness permeated the surrounding narrow alley streets or alleys as the officers entered with a search warrant. Inside the small single room house, they found an unusual amount of computer equipment, laptops, webcams, and a Wi-Fi router. They also found a group of four girls and boys, aged between 7 and 10, preparing for a quote-unquote show. The children were about to undress and perform, you know, the sexual acts on each other in front of the camera, following instructions from a, from a pedophile connected from overseas. 
via webcam. The live stream child sexual abuse, also known as uh, cyber sex trafficking or webcam sex tourism, was organized by an operator living in the house, and that operator or handler was also the mother of one of the children. It was an ongoing illegal business and known in that community. But because of poverty, no one wants to speak up because they also earn from that. Foreign perpetrators would send her money by international wire transfer, and uh, this mother would pay the children 150 pesos or the equivalent of uh, three U.S. dollars. The other children were also living with the operator while the mother worked out, while their mother or parents worked outside Manila. They called her auntie, although she was not a blood relative. And one of these children, a seven-year-old, Maarco, not his real name, uh, to protect him, told his father about the abuse and he called the police. During the raid, the police seized the laptops as evidence and arrested the operator. The children were rescued by a social worker and brought to the child prosecution uh, protection, I mean protection unit at a government hospital in Manila. And here they were examined by a pediatrician and uh, they were put into a psychosocial uh, therapeutic um, sessions or process. One of the children was nine years old and her name is Jennifer, daughter of the operator or the handler. At first, she denied anything that happened in order to protect her mother, who had told her what to say if the police came. But over the course of several therapy sessions, she slowly opened up to the social worker, and she said, I never knew it was wrong what my mother asked me to do. I just thought that we were having, just having a show. You know, online exploitation, sexual exploitation of children, or OSEC, is rapidly increasing in the Philippines. Unfortunately, the Philippines has the highest rate of victims of cyber trafficking of children. The country has become the global epicenter of the live stream sexual abuse trade, and many of the victims are children. The story I shared with you illuminates the challenges the country faces in protecting vulnerable children and prosecuting their abusers. Praise God that the Lord has given us the opportunity. The Church of the Nazarene and Nazarene Compassionate Ministries, in partnership with International Justice uh, Mission in the Philippines, is working together to prevent more children from being exploited sexually online and eventually stop this trade. You know, the Church of the Nazarene is responding to that, and we praise God for that. Uh, maybe we can show the next, video, uh, next slide. Our response should be like Elijah. Give me your son. This is of utmost importance. He did not waste time. No need to accuse the mother of being neglectful. You know, going back to the story of uh, 1 Kings chapter 17, no need to defend God and debate about religion. He immediately brought the dead child to the room upstairs and prayed for the son. He brought the child to the upper room. And you know, the upper room symbolizes a lot of things. 
In the New Testament, the upper room was the place where Jesus served His disciples and communed with them. It is also the upper room where the disciples received the power of the Holy Spirit. It is where they experienced fresh encounter with God. Elijah brought the dead son to the very presence of God. And in the room, Elijah cried out to the Lord three times, signifying greatest importance. He spread himself all over the boy. He gave his whole self to bring the boy back to life. You know, Elijah brought the boy to the upper room dead. And here we see that Elijah brought the boy down alive. And he presented the boy to his mother because God has restored the life of the boy. Elijah said, here is your son. He exclaimed, only in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ can our children live. Imagine the joy of this mother when she saw her son, once dead, but now alive. She said to Elijah, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. It is interesting to see that the woman did not express these words when they were being fed during the famine. Not even a word of thanks written in the story. But she believed when Elijah intentionally cared for her son. Our response should be like Elijah. Give us your children. Let us bring them to the upper room, to the very presence of God. Let us intercede for them. Train them up in the way they should go. We can go and bring the message of God's love and hope for these children. We can go and teach we can go and comfort those who mourn. Let us not be comfortable and just remain doing ministry in the four corners of our building. But let us be salt and light to this dying world and in the light and light in the, in the darkness. Well, the Church of the Nazarene focuses on five important activities. And I would like for you to join us as we fight, you know, online sex exploitation of, uh, of children. I would like to invite you to pray with us. Pray that uh, we recognize that this work is beyond our capability. That without the power from God, His guidance and leadership, all our work will be in vain. The Church of the Nazarene is partnering even with other faith-based organizations, even the Roman Catholic Church. We work hand-in-hand -hand with them. We pray with them shoulder to shoulder we recognize that we are not alone in this campaign and so we join hands with all this organization to put an end to this uh, exploitation of children we ask god to intervene we ask god for his divine uh, intervention also the church of the nazarene is joining a network the philip the church of the nazarene is uh, part of the pmat or the philippine interfaith movement against uh, human uh, trafficking. That's the next slide, uh, please. We are an active member of that. And through this network, we were able to uh, share resources of the church, share resources of Nazarene Compassionate Ministries, so that together we can work hand in hand to stop uh, abusing of our, the abuse of our, of our children. There is also an opportunity for training and equipping. We train, the Church of the Nazarene train and equip local congregations 
and Nazarene volunteers to be aware of such trade and become advocate of the fight against human trafficking and OSEC or online sex exploitation of children. And so this equipped men and women will also go out and train churches and go to their communities to provide community education and uh, awareness. And so we go to public schools, uh, we go to uh, poverty-stricken uh, communities to talk to them about online sex exploitation of children. And uh, we are also looking for uh, volunteers uh, to, keep, to help us uh, do this. And next year, what we are going to focus is that uh, we want uh, to go uh, to universities, we want to go to um, uh, the middle class uh, societies, to even companies. And this is also an opportunity for some of you who are called and led uh, to, uh, to be part of this. And if you have the opportunity and the chance, I would like, for you, I would like to invite you to come to the Philippines. And uh, we would like uh, to, uh, to uh, have you work with us, you know, uh, during your school break, you can come and, and be part of this advocacy and be part of this training to go to the middle class, to go to the universities, and uh, just talk about the online sex exploitation of children and put an end on this. We have signed uh, a, a formal partnership with International uh, Justice Mission of uh, putting up an assessment and survivor uh, center. And um, next week, we are going to do more, a lot of uh, projects on this assessment center. This survivor center enables law enforcement and the Department of Social Welfare and Development to keep victims separate from suspects immediately after they are removed uh, from the crime scene, protects rescued victims from further threats, and remove them from potentially intimidating police station environments following their rescue, and also to foster a calm, supportive, and Christ-centered environment where newly rescued victims feel safe and secure under a protective system that considers the needs of the victims as a whole person. And uh, we are also looking for, for volunteers who would like to be a part of this a wonderful, wonderful uh, ministry. And uh, if you want to know more about this, uh, later on during lunch, uh, you can come and uh, I, I can uh, give you uh, some more details about this assessment and survivor center. And lastly, the Church of the Nazarene with, in partnership with Nazarene Compassionate Ministries, is also involved in prevention by organizing child development centers uh, through the help of Nazarene uh, Compassionate Ministries Child Sponsorship uh, Program. And through this program, through this wonderful program, children who have no access to education, children who are neglected by their parents, children uh, who, are, who are vulnerable, have the opportunity to be protected, to be educated, and to be provided uh, for their needs. And more importantly, this is an opportunity for them to get to know about Christ and have hope from, from Him. And some of you um, were able to, to visit uh, some of those uh, centers and able to interact with uh, the children. These are, this is what God is doing in and through the Church of the Nazarene in the Philippines. And I'm here to talk about that, and I'm here... To, uh, to invite you for an opportunity that we can, uh, you can join us uh, in this, uh, in this uh, wonderful ministry and fight against the exploitation of children online. If you cannot go,
there's also another opportunity for you. You can, uh, you can give uh, towards the anti-human trafficking work of uh, the Church of the Nazarene. You can go online and uh, uh, go to ncm.org and uh, give to the anti-human trafficking or uh, sponsor a child. Uh, we have here a, uh, someone from Nazarene Compassionate Ministries uh, from uh, Lenexa, Kansas, uh, who can uh, give you more information on how you can make a difference in the life of a child. And uh, at the back of, uh, out, just outside of the sanctuary, there's a table there and a person who can, uh, Brenna, uh, who, can, uh, who can provide you uh, information on how you can make a difference in the life of a child somewhere, not, not necessarily in the Philippines, but uh, other, parts, uh, other parts of the world. So Easter Nazarene College, thank you so much. Thank you, Lynn, for having me, uh, for having me here and uh, share with you uh, this wonderful and exciting ministry. And uh, my hope and my prayer is that together we will put an end, we will stop this exploitation of children online. Let us pray. Father God, once again, I just want to praise you and thank you for this opportunity to be with you with this wonderful people here at Eastern Nazarene College to share to them what you have, what you are already doing in the Philippines. Yes, we see the darkness that is hovering around the country. We see the injustices. We see the, the abuse of our next generation, the children. But thank you so much, Lord God, for allowing us and for giving us the chance to be part of what you're already doing. And I pray, Lord God, that you will continue to touch our hearts, that you will make us your hands and your feet, to be salt and light in our communities, both here and abroad. And I pray, Father God, that our hearts will be broken by the things that breaks your heart. And I pray, Father, that we will continue to obey you and follow you. All these things we ask in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you, Stephen. Praise God. Uh, that people like Stephen are doing the work of the kingdom. Praise God that we have a way to join him in that work. Uh, and praise God um, from whom all blessings flow. Let's stand and sing that together as we close today. Praise God.